Well, the the issue is that we don't have any show notes because we've been busy. So if it's less structured than normal... There, this is not going to be our most structured moment. Do we actually not have any show notes? No. Nope. We have nothing. Jesus. But loads of things happened. We should introduce ourselves properly, in case anyone here doesn't know who we are. But just, just put your hand up. Does anyone here not listen to Octothorpe? Interesting. Okay. Um... Does anybody here listen to Octothorpe who does not yet have a ribbon? I mean, they're all going to need a ribbon because they're all about to listen to Octothorpe, so they all qualify. But no, you're right, Liz. We should introduce who we are, apparently. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we could do that after we do the actual podcast opening. We could do the podcast opening we always do, and then we could do introductions, yeah? That's a good idea. I'm glad glad you came up with that, Alison. I was worried that you wouldn't, you'd do it instead of the opening to the podcast. No, 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 yeah, no, okay, no, fine. This is what it's always like, guys. Yep, it's true. Well, no, because usually we're sober. So, you know, strap in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Octothorpe, the podcast of science fiction and science fiction fandom. I'm John Coxon. I'm Alison Scott. And I'm Liz Batty. And for those in the room who have not yet listened, um, we are a podcast that discusses things and we are people. That's a good introduction. I've nailed it, right? Yeah. Do you think they might want to know who we actually are? So I'm John. I'm a podcaster, um, self-evidently. Uh, I am also the head of communications for the 2024 EasterCon. Um, by day... Thank you, thank you. Um, by day, I am a space plasma physicist and by night i play board games i'm alison and i've been struggling because every time i think of a list of all the things i have to plug i forget some of them um, but i am director of communications for the 2023 eastercon conversation which you should all join i run a tiny micro business called stow shirts um and you can get t-shirts um st- stand up and model your t-shirt john you get t-shirts including the exclusive octothorpe t-shirt at eastercon.stowshirts.com or you would have been able to buy some things from my stall if i'd had any time to spend on the stall this weekend i um what else am i doing quite a bit drinking what drinking usually i've also been drinking at the bar anyway if i don't know you already meet me later because you know i want to meet everyone at the eastercon every time I don't always manage it, but I often do. Uh, I'm Liz. I am the only member of the podcast not currently working on an EasterCon committee. But no, 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 no. Because also you are, I'm the only member not working on a WorldCon bid at the moment. So, or no, an actual seated WorldCon. Not a WorldCon bid. Some of us are working on, well, I'm not actually officially working on a WorldCon. I'm working a little bit on a WorldCon. <laughs> so, so Liz is working on a WorldCon, so therefore thinks that that counts as not working on EasterCon. I can give it up at any time. <laughs> Uh, when I'm when I'm not working on a Worldcon, um, I do this podcast with John and Alison, uh, and my day job is doing genetics of tropical medicine. And I'm usually in Thailand, by the way. I live in Thailand, and therefore I make the other two podcasts at ungodly times of the morning in order to fit with my time zone. So, yeah, it's a massive novelty to be in the room with them. Yes. Yeah, it is actually really, really nice, because we've, we've been in the room, we, we kind of got some time together last summer, um, but but we weren't actually 
we weren't actually doing the podcast. So this is the first time we've done the podcast live with the three of us in front of an audience. So that is fantastic. We'd have said that if we had show notes. Probably. Um, so, um, yeah, there's been news. There's been an EasterCon. Um, has everyone enjoyed the EasterCon? And it is the first EasterCon since the EasterCon in 2019, which was held a long way from here. No, sorry, it was held here. First in-person. First in-person EasterCon. That is true. So, yeah, what do we think of this EasterCon, peeps? What have we enjoyed? We should talk about the bidding session. So I have this query, which is, um, it turns out that people can remember when they think about it four contested EasterCons. And I was on one of the committees of all four of those bids. <laughs> Am I the asshole? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think, I just think, um, I like that statistic an enormous amount. Um, thank you for bringing it into my um, attention. Um, what were the four bids that were contested, Alison? <laughs> So um, the very first EasterCon I was on was FollyCon, and we, at the time, there were great EasterCon wars. There was great kind of ideological split about what the EasterCon should be like. And um, the other bid, which was 88 in Harrogate, was very much a kind of all-time fanzine fans bid. And we were kind of the, actually, EasterCon should be a massive party for everybody type bid. How things change. Um, And then the following year... There was a, that was quite that we won by miles um, for for lots of reasons, um, but then the next year there was a bid which people didn't think was a very good bid, which was unopposed. I won't say what it was, but but Chris O'Shea and I ran a spoof bid against it, and we nearly we very nearly ran and wanted to have to go to a lobby vote. It was only because we stood up before the lobby vote and said, "Do not give us the Eastercon, you horrible people," that we lost the lobby vote. So that was the only other lobby vote that there ever was, and then last year and this year. So what was, how did you enjoy, because I've, I've, I've been going to EasterCon since 2007, so yesterday was my first contested bid. Um, anyone else? So who here remembers a previous contested bid session they were at, by show of hands, for the streaming audience and listeners at home? That's about 10 people, I would say, so probably about 20 or 30 people who don't. Um, so, so it was novel. It was fun. I mean, it wasn't... It was not at all fun. It was probably fun for people on the 24 bid, which was not contested. But it was not fun. It, I mean, you know, yeah, it was a thing that we did, and we, but I didn't find it... Yeah, I don't really like competitions. No, it, it felt very strange, um, because there were essentially two groups of people I like who are both my friends, and then I have to pitch which one is, you know, not more my friend, but which, which one is giving me the Easter con that I would like to see more, and inevitably one group of people I know is going to be disappointed. Um, and so I do prefer it when they're not contested. I mean, I guess you can say that it, it is a good thing if they get contested because it does kind of force you to up your game a little bit. You can't just assume that you are going to be voted in. You do have to put in a lot of effort there to really present what you're going to do and have a good, you know, a good kind of solid idea of what you want to do. Um, but on the other hand, I also can't really see any difference between, you know, what the 2023 bids presented me as contested bids and what the 2024 bid presented me as a very polished bid that was unopposed. Um, but yeah, I did feel a little bit like I think it was all very kind of amenable. And I know the bids have talked and that you've discussed about sites and things like that. But it did feel a bit like I don't like seeing my friends, you know, disagree. So I feel like sometimes you have to do things that involve competition. That, that you don't always get to say, well, we're just going to let things 
ride on in a steady state and take and take what we're offered and and that was part of the motivation behind that bid we our committee has then had a lot of a lot of personal challenges we maybe we expected some of them but we didn't expect all of them and it's been we have worked incredibly hard so it's quite nice to win i guess but but there's this oh and now we have to run the eastercon next year <sighs> okay <laughs> breathe I mean, being contested meant that we've done quite a lot of work that I think if we were an uncontested bid, we wouldn't have done yet. Liz did remark that it does mean that she can't take the piss out of Eastercon for the next two years, Uh, but we've reassured her that she can, we'll just pretend she isn't. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're you're always going to get an official response from a director of communications of the relevant Eastercon, aren't you? (laughs) Does that mean we have to stay on brand and on message for two years, John? Oh... (laughs) Only one year for Alison. <laughs> That's true. That, yeah, I challenge Alison to stay on brand for two minutes. <laughs> when we were doing the Q&A for the bid, um, we have quite a lot of Q&A. So there were areas where there was like, this is, this is the line and this is not the line. And please try to, to keep reasonably close to the thing that is the line and not the thing that is not the line. But for most things, I was just kind of like, we will do better as a bid if you are reasonably relaxed and use your own voice to say things that you think are true, the thing that will keep you on message is that you've been in the team rather than because you've learned a set of lines. Um, And it's always worked for me except for the 99,000 times it hasn't. Um, So the... Yeah, no, the, the... The lines you set up as the communications person for your convention should be reflections of the team that is running the convention and so if you have done that properly their natural voices should be hewing relatively close to the lines without too much effort Um, and that was certainly the approach we took for our bid Um, and so it doesn't matter if if people extemporize around a point because it was their thoughts that shaped our policy anyway so that is where our policy came from Um, so yeah this is all dreadfully serious sorry everyone Liz tell a joke (laughs) <laughs> I don't have any jokes I will just say I've checked on Discord and apparently we should repeat audience heckles so the streaming audience can hear them we will repeat all, all good heckles so if we don't repeat it it's because it was a bad heckle <laughs> yeah what do we think so, so what But what have we enjoyed about EastCon because I asked that a while ago and we didn't really actually answer it other than the bid session well I was going to say well we've you won an EasterCon and I won an EasterCon. Liz, have you lost anything this weekend? I've won by not winning an EasterCon. But have you lost anything this weekend? Yeah, I also may have lost something. I mean, I lost my coat twice. I lost my jumper like three times. Liz. That's what you mean, right? This is why this is why we need show notes. Liz, have you lost an award nomination this weekend? No, we haven't lost the nomination. Still got the We will all it's an honour just to be nominated. <laughs> And then, and then we were sat in the audience. We were like, "Yeah!" And then, um, you know, in our heads, we were like, "No." Didn't mind. Didn't mind at all. Oh no! I mean, sorry, we didn't mind. Uh, we were completely. Okay, it was, it was fine. Did, were you very disappointed? No, not particularly. I mean, it was nice to be nominated, and something good won. And it was nice to be in the room when that happened. Yes, no, that was true. Yeah, we were because because the thing about the BSFA. I mean, thank you everyone who nominated us and voted for us. We're very grateful. But it was basically five beautiful swans, and a, and and then us. And what were we? And we we're a pedalo. <laughs>
So like, and you might want the pedalo. The pedalo's good. You can pedal it, but it isn't a swan. But it's ironic, and we want to talk about this because we are not eligible for the fan awards for some reason. But we are eligible for the BSFA Awards, despite the fact that in the eligibility criteria for the BSFA Awards, it does say it's for a written work of nonfiction. Now, this therefore presumably means we were nominated for our show notes. Um, So thank you all very much for nominating the show notes. Um, I'm glad you appreciate them. I spend a lot of time putting the links in. Um, So thank you all. Surely a fiction. (laughs) Yeah, no, next time we'll be shorter fiction. No, fiction for younger readers. We're going to have to stop swearing. Fuck. <laughs> the really interesting thing about the BSFA Award nomination, well, there's two, but the first one was that two days before the EasterCon, one Nicholas White, who is the fan guest of honour at this EasterCon, wrote a blog post in which he said, well, this is my favourite of the non-fiction things, and I personally will be astonished if they don't win by a large margin. <laughs> so we want to know is if anyone was in the room, was there some kind of test of Nicholas's astonishment? Should we... <laughs> I, I should say Nicholas is in the audience and is, is very embarrassed by this. <laughs> he is like, I, people were like, because John was in the bar going, ha, Barbini's going to win. And I was like, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense if you think about who is a member of the BSFA. But, you know, you have to remember that Nicholas White is a professional cephalogist and, and actually goes on to... So imagine you were on BBC Northern Ireland now, Nicholas. May I say that I am officially... Astonished. (laughs) But it's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Well, and also this was very sneaky because Nicholas said in that same blog post that one of the reasons that he uh, nominated us for the award this year was because he was in it last year and uh, he's just been in it now. So uh, it was a ruse. (laughs) So I'm going to go around the room now reading out all of your names. (laughs) (laughs) It would take a register. Hands up everyone who's been very busy this weekend. Yeah, did you? You could have assumed. <laughs> Looking at me. Now, you've all made a huge mistake, because if you didn't put your hand up, she now knows that you're down for volunteering. Uh, no, no, this is... no, so you could tell that I'm a more experienced senior manager than John. I know that the people who will work for me in tw- next year are the ones who did put their hands up, not the ones who didn't. That's how it works. Ah, well, the official line of 2024 is that we're bringing new blood into fandom. So, uh, you know. Yeah, see, some see pe- on brand. Some, some people's communications directors manage their lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liz was wrong, though. It was about, I think it was about five minutes, not two minutes. So, um, well done, Alison. <laughs> for the people who've got short attention spans, that was before I went off topic random. <laughs> um, so yeah but no so convention very good hotel slight, slight winkle on the first day but they handled it well with, with refunds for people who had been affected um, I think that was a good response I don't think it was a good situation but I think it is it was handled well in the end I, I feel like there are solutions to queues that are three hour long queues that do not involve leaving the people in the three hour long queue and managing the people who, for whom it will be catastrophic if they stand up for three hours, but not all the people for whom it will be merely incredibly irritating. You know, I feel like you should probably manage those people as well. On the upside, this hotel's breakfast is really fine. Yeah, it's good. Gotta love the breakfast. And also, I got here Thursday, which is why I'm probably a bit more magnanimous about the hotel key that we should have sorted. We should, as a, commit, as a convention, have inter 
have interspersed ourselves to sort the queues out more than we were able to, but that's partly because the convention's undervolunteered. Um, are you going to let Farah speak? So just to clarify, we did actually try. We turned up with a trolley to try and take luggage. We offered to help people who needed access, and only about five accepted. People, I, I don't know why, I think oddly enough it was because people were already stressed, but people were actually refusing assistance. We can do way better, but I don't want people to walk away thinking we didn't try to offer yeah, no, assistance. No, no, no. I, don't, I don't want to suggest that it was the committee's fault here. I do know a lot of, because I used to work for the Department for Work and Pensions, which used to be called the Department of Social Security. I know a huge amount about queue busting that I will bore you with at a bar sometime. Um, I did have a lot of fun. I stayed up too late and got drunk. So that was on that brand. I feel like somebody said to me on about Saturday night that people in general seem more anxious and strung out on average at this Easter con than normal. And that has led to lots of... You know know the concept of microaggression? I mean, it's led to a lot of (laughs) micro-fuck-ups. Um, where where things have just not gone quite as well as they could because one of the parties of the interaction was strung out and exhausted and it was always me and I'm sorry. (laughs) But I I don't know if that was also your possession. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't been to a convention since Eastercon 2018. I haven't been around this many people probably for quite a long time. I think I've forgotten in some ways how to deal with big groups of people and, and big crowds and things like that. So I found it, you know, more stressful than it would have been a few years ago. So Alison and I both went to um, Corflu and Novacon. And so because Corflu was only about 40 attendees and then Novacon was about 400, 300, 400, and obviously this convention is bigger still, we've kind of had the slow reintroduction, like like releasing endangered pedalos into the wild. And so I don't think I found it as much of a culture shock, but I do remember finding Corflu a bit odd and then Novacon a bit odd so I do I do sympathize but for me I think I'd already processed a lot of that prior to this weekend um although it is it is really good to see Liz and Liz is a great stunt Liz so um thank you for being our Liz Liz it's been really good to see a lot of people I yeah so I'm very sorry to all the people who I have seen but only very very briefly because I've been running around an awful lot I think one of the things that's happened as we've emerged from isolation is that we we started doing online things and now we can do in-person things again but we're all doing all the online things as well and that means you're doing twice the things and there's kind of a things issue can you give me a cheer if before this weekend you had a wordle streak and at the time that this is being said you don't please cheer yeah see that because like a lot, a lot have of my... Wordle Street now, but it's one. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. So I, I lost my Wordle Street when I moved house, and I was like, "Oh, I'll be able to keep up with that." And then the real life was like, "No, you won't." Uh, so I was, I was, I was wondering whether the convention would 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 end some Wordle streaks, and um, yeah. Has anybody lost their Duolingo streak? Yeah, <laughs> I have done that. I wasn't going to. I was going to renew it, but then I got distracted by beer and conversation, so I didn't. I looked at my phone, and it was about half. I looked at my phone, it was about half past 11, and then I looked at my phone, it was about half past 12, and I was like, oh no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> but yes, um, don't do your Duolingo on the podcast, Alison. <laughs> Talk about yourself. <laughs> so, Liz. Yes. How have you found being back in the UK, and how have you found being at your convention other than stressful? 
it's really nice. Hey. I mean, I guess it's the same. I'm in the same boat as most of you in that I have not seen most of the people here for three or four years. And, you know, the thing is, normally I might come here every couple of years and it'd be like, oh, I haven't seen any of you for two years. But actually for everyone, everyone is in the same boat that they haven't seen people for two or, two or three years. I mean, I am finding it strange that this is, you know, the most people I've been around without a mask on for probably two years. That is a little bit strange to me. I still find kind of how things are going in the UK um, a little bit weird. And also, I do I do honestly keep leaving my coat in places because I forget I have a coat. Because <laughs> I haven't carried a jumper around for two years at this point. I haven't used a coat all weekend because it's quite hot. No, it's I not. I feel like you've been in Thailand <laughs> or something. I mean, I'm a little bit hot in here, but I imagine in here is less hot than Bangkok. Yes. <laughs> it's quite nice in here. <laughs> no, everyone is sweating in the audience. <laughs> Sorry. It is quite a hot room. I mean, it's got to be because it's got all these beautiful people in it. We have kind of talked about the fact that both of our Easter cons are seated. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if we're all... We, we're seated. Yeah, we're seated. Yeah. But some of them might be standing elsewhere. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Some of the jokes this weekend have been recycled for a very, very long time ago because it turned out that one of the reasons the bid, one of the reasons that the bid session had to be carried over was that the bid session started late yesterday and the reason the bid session started late yesterday is that all of the bids were asked to supply um, presentations on USB stick by one o'clock and it turned out that our USB sticks weren't compatible with the conventions USB stick and the solution to this was a very wide range of interestingly shaped dongles <laughs> So we had to stop episode title the newsletter a decade ago, but but I feel like you know we had a we had several different dongles we used to get the presentation. So it took them forever to get the presentations onto the thing. And it, this would be fine if you were the sort of bid that had finalised your presentation on Thursday rather than say twelve fifty nine on Sunday. <laughs> you finalised your presentation on Thursday. Um, I think we swapped out a photo on Saturday. That was a bit stressful. I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, I'll never talk turn and face John ever again. Yes, stop gazing at John during the podcast. I know normally on Zoom you can just stare straight at him. Oh, no. Um, so someone in the Discord asked what I've enjoyed about the con. Uh, and um, I've really liked... I like the. I think the beer's been really good. I really think that, obviously, like, huge thing, because um, Martin Hall passed away uh, in between the last in-person Easter con on this one but I think the convention's done a great job of, of kind of make, making sure that that all worked well um, and there was initial rumours about cider but there was lots of cider so that's good um, and I've enjoyed the programme items I've been to which admittedly have been not as many as I'd have liked to go to but that was lovely I really like 90 minute slots with hour-long program in them because I, I just really like having the time to get around and also you bump into people in the middle of, of that slot and being able to chat for 15 minutes is, is really nice yeah and um but mostly the people like like yeah um i for me EasterCon is mostly for me it's coming home and seeing everyone like seeing the family and that is um that has been the nicest thing and and i've really missed that so i'm really glad we're here um and i'm um yeah happy very happy that we've had that opportunity yeah, I really like I really like the ninety minute slots. Although it means I go to slightly fewer program items than I otherwise would because I can't cram in one an hour. I think 
I think the number of people here feels nice. It feels pleasant. It doesn't feel like we're crammed in. Um, I haven't had too many problems getting seats. I haven't had too many problems getting to the bar in the real ale bar. It feels like this is sort of the, the right number of people to be rattling around this hotel. And I don't know how I'd feel if there are an extra three or 400 people in this space, which I think it could theoretically take. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works, certainly in terms of things like the economics of Easter cons, you know, is there a point where they become viable, a point where we can have that much space with, you know, that number of people in and not be sort of crammed into hotels with a thousand people in the future? Because I think that would make me feel more comfortable. It just, feel, it just feels nice. It just feel like you can wander around and stop for chat at the side of the corridor without, you know, blocking the entire convention behind you, that kind of thing. Um, I have also been to quite a lot of programme. I went to three Guest of Honour talks, um, which were all really good. Well, actually, they were all three Guest of Honour interviews that were all really good and all had really good interviewers and guests with lots of thoughtful and interesting things to say. And I will now go and buy more of their books if they have books. Uh, Nicholas, if you do have any merchandise available, let me know. Um, he's, got, he's got T-shirts that just say, I'm astonished. Nicholas White is astonished. I think there's a... I would say Nicholas White won't say it himself, but he's just taken his... He finally took his website off LiveJournal after 109 years. And that's some street. Um, so he's now at... Um, from, from the heart of Europe.eu. We'll put the link in the show notes. So for anyone who'd stopped reading Nicholas because he was on LiveJournal and, and it was owned by... Nefarious Russian influences. He's not there anymore. He's he was the last person I was going to Live Journal for, I think. So we shouldn't be on Live Journal. I shouldn't have set up the Octothorpe Live Journal. Fair enough. <laughs> Instagram are not convinced we're real, and that is um, a sticking point. Uh, I would say I'm discussing it with them, but really I'm just screaming into a void, which is often a feeling I have. Especially no, that's mean. I don't feel that when I record Octothorpe. So there's a comment, not a question, in the Discord, which is, future conventions should have a streaky room where you go to do your streaks. <laughs> oh, the streak, the streak up. Every day, the streak up, everyone just goes and does their Duolingo and they're, oh, I like that. It's a good you idea. should do that in 2023. You heard it here. Yeah. And, um, and DC has asked an actual question in the Discord, which is, with streaky bacon? Question mark. Ah... So, obviously, the answer to that question, panellists, is, is yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you not like streaky No, I don't like streaky bacon. You and Hispania can have a very large argument after the panel. Um, so Yeah, well, Hispania's <laughs> right and Liz is wrong. Um, also, on Zoom, I can also just stare at Liz all, all, all the time we're recording. Just say. Well, especially when there's a gecko. So... I'm going to suggest we open it up to the audience in the room because we've we've been taking comments and questions from the online audience and I feel like we should um, let our physical audience say things. Oh, but before we do that, Alison has reminded me by whispering that we're going to do a beer of comment. Um, so we got a beer of comment. Listeners who, who have listened to that episode will remember that the people at This Never Happens sent us a beer. Is anyone on Twitter or Instagram? This is our photo opportunity for this podcast. Just saying now. Christina Lake and and I've I've got some alt text on this if you're if you're kind of just listening to this. Christina Lake and Doug Bell sent us a beer from Polly's Brewery called This Never Happened because their podcast or Christina's and Lillian's and Ian's was called This Never Happens. But they we, we had a kind of how to keep on podcasting um 
panel yesterday that John was on, and and the answer is you keep on podcasting by continuing to podcast, <laughs> and this this never happens did not. So this is the beer. This is not the Instagram opportunity. I'll tell you, you'll know when the Instagram opportunity <laughs> happens. Yeah, we made it. We made a promise, and some promises can't be unmade. Apparently, I argued, but so the plan was that if we um were all managed to be at Eastercon, we would share this beer, which we're going to do now. Okay, right. <laughs> oh, Can we get three straws in here? <laughs> <laughs> I might take the rest of that beer in a glass if that's all right. Say, could, could somebody... The thing is, it's thirteen percent and it's a quadruple IPA. Yeah. So drinking it from a straw is is like it's an adventure. Like it is an opinionated beer. Oh. It's nice. But drinking it from a straw is a good it's way to get very nice. drunk very Could quickly. Somebody get us three tooth glasses, please. You know these ones, these little ones. I'm just going to have mine in this empty mild glass. Oh no, I have an. Empty I'm going to use my water glass again. Great radio. <laughs> um, right then, let's go to questions. So I think there is a person in the penultimate row with his hand up that is wearing a black thing. There we go. That works. T-shirt, John. It was James Shields. Um, yeah, just we were talking about the queuing. Uh, I was very impressed that the Reg Desk took the initiative of introducing a badge delivery service to people waiting in line. That is good. That is a good point. Well done. That is an excellent point. That was a good idea. Actually, I, I was really impressed. I thought, oh, God, look at the checking queue. I'll go and register, thinking registration would have quite a big queue because they had to check, you know, vaccination certificates and things. And that was really efficient. They were really on top of that. And I had my badge in five minutes. So then I went back and stood in the hotel queue. I, I went to register. I went, can I register myself and Stephen Kane and Marianne Kane and Jonathan Kane? And they said, do you have the vaccination certificates for all of those people? And I went, oh, oh no, I do not have the vaccination certificates for any of those people because I didn't bring my phone. But then I remembered that my watch has a tiny vaccination certificate on it. Thank you to Duncan for posting a picture in the thread on Discord. Uh, I note that I'm the only one looking at the camera, <laughs> which I think reflects my general approach to photographs. Uh, so that's good. I think I was kind of making sure I didn't throw the beer across the room. <laughs> I was trying to get some beer. Do we have? It's really the... nice. Look at it. It's it's, yes, no, it's, it's lovely. It's a very strange colour. Um, Hang on, and I've got to log it on untapped. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten. Oh, um, we do have to log it on untapped, possibly with that photo. That's a lot of effort. Um, but... While they're logging things on untapped, uh, do we have any more questions from the audience? Let's go to the person on the end of the front row here first, please. And then we'll come to the person over here. Is there a possible code of conduct violation for having a streak up? Um, I did wonder that when I said it, but then I thought, oh, if we just skate right past it, no one will notice. <laughs> so, you know, um, but yes, we have to call it a streak meet. No, it's not better. Um the we'd call it the being on your phone meetup that'll work this is very nice so it is sort of lactosey i see why it's called a milkshake ipa it's also very strong we did try and get a beer called octothorpe um because obviously we did we're very conceited um but i emailed the brewery on untapped i found that does a beer called octothorpe and they said that they stopped making it in 2005 so if any of you are brewers uh, please, please do make a beer called Octothorpe. Um, by that I mean Dave. Uh, if you're in the audience, still there you are. I couldn't see you. Um, but yes, 
because they've home brews so you know so this beer is brewed in mould in North Wales and I, I, I have family who live quite near mould and um, we went to mould one Saturday afternoon about 15 years ago quite a while and they had their first ever food festival and this food festival was called A Taste of Mould <laughs> <laughs> And they only served blue cheese. <laughs> they had all sorts of things. And, and, and we just fell about. And the actual local residents had not noticed it was a thing. Oh, do we have any other questions in the audience? There's one, the person on the front row, who is the opposite side to the person we took earlier. So at some events, there are perspex panels between each participant in order to prevent cross-contamination with pathogens. I'm wondering if there's a case for opaque perspex panels to stop Alison looking at her (laughs) co-podcasters. What, like... So basically what you're advocating is that we buy Alison a set of blinkers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the really strange thing about this is that Earlier it was like, well, obviously if Alison was on Zoom, she could look at John or look at Liz for as long as she likes. But in fact, when I am on Zoom, I actually look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm pathologically unable to drag my eyes away from my own face. So if I'm in a Zoom with one other person, I, I only, I look, I turn my own self-view off. But generally speaking, if I'm in a Zoom with two or more other people, I just look at me. So every time I do a hard stare at Alison on the podcast, it has been wasted. <laughs> no, no, because I've seen them and they're very good. Uh, I, there's nothing better than Liz giving Alison a hard stare. Um, I feel really bad now because I, I think it may be right that I have never seen it. No, I have seen many of the hard stares now that you mentioned it. Have you had any other questions about Octothorpe, about podcasting generally, about the Eastercon or about anything else at all? Um, otherwise, we'll have to go into our reserve show notes that we also haven't written. Well, we, we haven't done picks. Oh, we should do picks. And we've all had loads of time to read and consume science fiction media over the last two weeks. So, oh, over the last week, because so we recorded. Yeah. Because our previous episode dropped Monday Thursday. This is, an early, this is an early record. I have a pick. I could do a pick. D- let's see if we've got any questions from the audience. I think we should take a question from the man with wet dressed entirely in black apart from his pink socks and who doesn't have any hair and i wasn't supposed to say man either <laughs> i am not doing very well whose name is johnny in the front row also is that like a a, a tfl mask like a tube mask nice. oh it's maquette your mask is line maquette oh my god that's amazing oh god <laughs> Ah, oh, it's not really maquette, though, because if you made a mask out of maquette, it wouldn't stop your... Um... Okay, so for people who don't know, maquette... <laughs> Hands up if you don't know what maquette is. Right, so that's enough, right? Maquette is the heavy-duty upholstery fabric that is used on buses and trains that wears... It has pile of a number of different lengths and it wears differently, which means it can cope with, essentially, the way that people behave on Saturday night on the, on the London Transport Network. And, and each underground line has its own maquette. And it turns out... That when we moved into our house, when we worked out last year that we needed a new sofa, I was like, it turns out that you get a sofa upholstered in, in Victoria line maquette. And, and and my husband is a very mild-mannered person, but he, <laughs> he vetoed that. Though, I mean, I think he's kind of said that I might be able to get, like, a maquette poof. Or... You can get cushions. With yeah, a maquette cats. cushion. 
You'll now need to take the maquette mask. So, so Johnny is wearing a mask in Victoria Line maquette, and we'll try and get a picture of uh, Victoria Line maquette into the show notes. Hey, Team Pedalo. So the question I had was, how do you feel about the dealer's room, more like a dealer's rabbit woven as a structure? Has that been helpful, having separate little rooms or difficult, is do you think? Is that a question to me because I'm a dealer? Or? Um, overall, the whole lot of you, but I think you've been doing a lot of stuff the... Um, We'll all have a. I think we'll all have a different answer. Um, Liz, do you want to want to go first? Yeah, for me, I prefer the dealers to be in one big room because, yeah, some of the smaller rooms they've been a bit full, and I haven't drifted in, so maybe I don't kind of drift past as many stalls and maybe get get pulled in and buy things. And also, I've really not been to many of the dealers. Kind of, there's sort of a, a, a crossroads of corridors, and there are dealers past there, and I don't think I even realised there were kind of dealers. Quite are there no dealers? Okay, Farah far is, is shaking her head and telling me there aren't dealers past there. Okay, yeah, they're, 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 they're somewhere past that. I don't know what direction because I've got lost around there a couple of times. But basically, I, haven't, I don't think I got to some of the further away dealers. Um, so it's just a bit, a bit less visible, I guess, because I don't, didn't walk past them quite as many times and pop in. But actually, I've bought very little from dealers anyway because I have no luggage allowance. Um, I think yeah so so I have um I very confidently brought my suitcase and it was half full of crap for the fan funds and I thought brilliant on the way home it will be half empty because I will have no crap <laughs> and then I somehow very rapidly filled it back up with crap uh, and so I also haven't bought much from the dealers um because I did not really have the the room in my um suitcase but i i quite like the separate rooms because i like how kind of it breaks up the space and i like kind of like exploring um but i do i do agree that like if you miss one of the spaces i think it's easier to miss one of the spaces than it would be in a larger room um so i I kind of i think there are pros and cons i definitely think given the space of this hotel it is the way it has been done has used the space in this hotel as well as possible i i I don't think there is a better way to do it in this venue um so i do think it's been a cracking job generally i quite like the little dealers rooms um and we managed to kind of get the windows open in hours so we got some flow through of air but i have i have learnt I think one of the things about growing up, if it ever happens, is that you learn things about yourself. And the thing I've learned about myself about this EasterCon is that I'm never, ever trading at an EasterCon again. If I want to take a dealer's table at an EasterCon, I'm going to get an employee, an elf, to do it for me. Because I have not really... I've spent about very little time on my stall. It's one of the things that's made it far harder. Um, So... As I want to eat next week, octothorpe.stoshirts.com or eastercon.stoshirts.com. Brilliantly, this has already been plugged in the Discord uh, because people have been asking for the link. There are also questions, which there's a question in the Discord. Um, One question, which I don't suppose you ask because the answer is obviously never, is when will John stop flirting with Tobes? I mean, I was going to say, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever flirted with Tobes. I've just, I've just connected with him. I've just connected with him on the level appropriate to his um, general appearance. And then the panel also, the, the Discord also says, are you all used to wearing headsets to monitor your loudness? And the answer to that is yes. No, so, I, don't think it's, oh, no Liz, I don't think Liz does. Do you, yeah, Liz? Liz uses a headset mic, so if she turns to look at something in the middle of recording, the headset will move with her, whereas John and I both use mic mics, so we know instantly if we've turned away from the mic and lost our volume. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I can't actually hear myself when I'm recording, so I don't know what levels it's recording at. But I, I mean, I have decided that as we've done like 55 episodes now, there might be something to this podcasting thing. Maybe I should buy a microphone and not use the free headset I got four years ago to do every podcast. And then John will be excited, but then John will have to teach me how to use a microphone. So you speak into it. I am also excited. I this this convention had a 60 minute how to use a microphone workshop. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm quite fond of microphones and I quite like the whole microphone thing, but I don't think we need a 60 minute workshop. But the, the one tip is monitor your ear in ear so that if you are in the habit of turning to look at your co-host, people can still hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope everyone heard that, but it was very funny. Uh, that was a visual <laughs> joke. And the last part of the sentence for the benefit of JT and everybody. I don't, JT left us. No, I think he's still there. Oh, thank you. It, it's, I just want to say, I think we need to say it anyway. We probably would have said. What it I love is you were about to say something for the benefit of JT, and then you started complimenting JT before you said the thing. <laughs> it's like you knew what I was like when you started a podcast with me. I will. So I knew vaguely what you were like, but less than I do now. Uh, <laughs> there was a question in the podcasting panel, which is if you knew, if you. I know. I am aware of this. So Alison said she turned away from the mic and said, "Can you? You can't hear me now, or something to that effect." <laughs> well, I mean, we've forgotten, which is the problem. Only you and. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't do the backup recording. We were so trustworthy of JT that we haven't got our back reco- backup recording going. Yeah, it's kind of good. For those for those listening, JT JT just said, "Sorry, am I supposed to be recording this?" and got an applause break from the audience. <laughs> JT, we might need to swap someone out because clearly better at spontaneous wit than us. Do we want to do picks? We've got like seven minutes, so do we have anything else to say on EasterCon? Maybe before we get to picks, we exhausted the entire... Oh yes, um, please join the 2023 and 2024 EasterCons. We would very much like to see everyone there in Telford and a mysterious void that may or may not be inside time and space. Okay, so I don't know about the rest of you, but I have been in crunch for the EasterCon for the last seven days. Oh, and I... I was like, I've listened to something, and it was like R.U.R., which was my pick for last week. That's the only thing. Um, So, no, I have not consumed any science fiction or fantasy-related content that wasn't directly related to trying to get something done in time for the EasterCon any time in the last 168 hours. Oh, my God. I have overextended myself. Anyway. I mean, I'm I'm picking an actual book now, or are we picking, like, favourite bits of EasterCon? Are you... I, my view has always been that you can pick whatever you like. All right, I'm going to pick an actual book and plug it then. Um, I read uh, The Midnight Bargain by C.L. Polk, which is uh, a kind of fantasy regency romance in which, you know, the whole process of kind of the marriage market uh, is complicated by the fact that people have uh, magic and um, magic is essentially practiced only by men and women are prized more for their ability to pass magic on to their sons than, than for their innate own skills at it. And it's about uh, two women and uh, one man um, who kind of end up, you know, making changes to this system and working out how they personally can fit into this system. And, you know, there is a strong romance aspect to it of how can you actually have a romance, you know, in this situation and how they end up. And I really enjoyed it. It was a good kind of pre-Eastercon, you know, fun, uh, interesting read. 
So there's your book recommendation for the panel. Nice. I, I, Seal Pork is at the convention. Is that right? No, no, I don't think so. They are on the Hugo finalist Discord, so that might be what you're thinking of. That oh, could be what I think of. Probably humble brag. That was a humble brag, Alison. Just I, I saw you sneaking that in there. The great thing about this is something I meant to say in the BSFA Awards bit, which is the great thing about losing the BSFA Award is that we had a speech ready, and that means that next time we lose an award, which we think is going to be October, we'll have that speech ready to not use again. No, it'll be, it'll, it'll be September. September, unless there's something very strange happening at Tricom. My pick is also a book. Um, so on the train down to London from Newcastle, it's quite a long train journey. You could read a, a full novel. Uh, so I read um, A Snake Falls to Earth by Darcy Little Badger, which was on the BSFA ballot and also on the uh, Lodestar Award ballot. And it is really great. It's about a it's about girl and a snake. Because Darcy Little Badger is amazing and she, and she sort of explores um, Native American she writes with a Native American kind of um, perspective, which I found really interesting, and I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was really good. And I've started reading Redemptor by Jordan Ifwaku, uh, but I haven't finished it yet, so um, I'm not going to pick it. But I might pick it next time. Spoilers. Sneak preview. We might cut that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we will do. I think we should probably see if there's anything that any... Is there anyone thing that anyone was hoping that Octothorpe Live would be like that wasn't this? Good. Good. Funny. Uh, coherent. No, I'm asking the audience. Oh. And the Discord audience. The Discord are... I would describe the Discord currently as amusing themselves. And... <laughs> I would recommend everyone go and read goes and reads the Discord because it is very good. Uh, I especially like the people who are commenting in the Discord who are also uh, in the uh, panel. That is what Discord is so great. Being able to be the snark for the panel is just so good. Um, I highly recommend everyone snarks about panels in the Discord, or but but in a nice way. Don't be don't be mean, please. We're very thin thin skinned. Please love us. Malcolm says he expected more ums and ahs. There's something about the editing of this podcast, which is that when I, because I had not done a podcast because I realised that editing was a lot of hard work because you had to take all the ums and ahs out. And, and John has helped me understand that's not the case. You could just leave them in. Hmm. John, do you edit out the little awkward silences? You know, the awkward, but the little bits between. Yeah. Um, well, yes. So... Um, sorry, everyone, this is uh, sausage making. Um, I have an app called Ferrite. Um, and Ferrite, what I do is I import me, Alison, and Liz um, as different audio tracks. And then I cut out anything beneath a certain decibel level um, automatically. And then it will tighten everything up. So, um, yeah, silences kind of just go. Uh, and that's kind of the first step in the editing process. Um, it makes it a lot quicker. Before we finish, we just need to say a big thank you to JT, who has worked very tirelessly to get us streams that we could edit afterwards. And we really appreciate the work of JT and the whole week tech team this weekend because the business of getting it all um, together with the, with the three streams and the streaming and everything else has been very hard work. And thank you very much indeed. Big cheer, everyone. That was the Octothorpe podcast live. And it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. If you would like a ribbon...
please come to the front because we have a ribbon. We have had a question from the audience, which is, I want to know how, not the audience, the Discord, which is, I want to know how much each of them have had to drink, and I believe that Liz has not had anything to drink. I mean, not today, no. Oh, over the weekend, I've got an app for that. I have had, I have had one pint of mild, and then I am, on my, I am on my second pint of mild. Now, I can tell you the amount of units I've had so far this week, which is 26, and I didn't drink before EasterCon, so, um, you know, that's good. Um... But yeah, no, it's been a good weekend. The beer's been good. I've liked the beer. The stout and the mild and the porter were all very good and the ginger beer and the bitter and I haven't had the others. But my seven-day total so far? 43.9, listeners, which is roughly twice as many as me. It was good. It was good. I've had a good weekend. Um, I might be alcoholic. Yeah, I, I don't have an app for tracking this because as regular listeners will know, John and Alison like to track things and I just like to flow through life without tracking them. But I reckon about 10 units. What, four pints? Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty restrained. I'd have reckoned about 10 units prior to getting John's app because I used to go, well, I, drink, I don't drink much of the week and then every so often I go to a convention and have a skinful. And it turned out the first part of that was true, but the second part was... Only true for very large values of skinful. <laughs> the theme music for this episode was Fanfare for Space by Kevin McLeod and Competech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. This podcast will end at the beep. Beep.